Good evening. We are thankful that you are here this evening, thankful for a lot of things this evening. I want to tell you how much I appreciate uh, so much your kind words, uh, not only about the lesson this morning, but so many things that are going on here. We appreciate the encouragement that you have been to, to my family and I in the few uh, short months or so that it, it feels like we've been here just a short amount of time, but we feel very thankful. We feel like a part of the family already, and we are very thankful for so many things uh, that are going on here and getting to know all of you and appreciate certainly the kind words. I told several of you this morning uh, who were, were complimentary of the lesson that uh, that was one that I have uh, borrowed slash stolen from my father-in-law, uh, one that he had done before, but one that I really enjoyed hearing. The first time I got to hear it and sharing a couple times now, I think it's very encouraging thoughts for us and we appreciate your kind words. Appreciate so much your being here today, the prayers that were led and the things that were said as we have been worshiping together. And uh, you know, I, I'm thankful for Carl and for his ability to lead singing, but I've got to tell on him now. I like Carl when, when we're on opposite rook teams. We're okay. I went to Carl this morning. I said, Carl, I was supposed to tell you Friday night at game night, and I didn't. I was going to tell you, call you Saturday, and I didn't. I need to ask you to lead. I'll fly away because that's what we're going to talk about Sunday. I told him that this morning, and he said, don't worry, I saw the bulletin, I've got it down. And I said, all right. I said, you know, I was thinking right before the lesson. And he said, well, no. He said, right before the lesson, I've got, it won't be very long. And I said, oh, that's convenient. It won't be very long. He said, no, 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 that's not it at all. That's not it at all. He said, being the expert song leader he is, he said, before the ser- uh, sermon is supposed to be ready to suffer. And I said, okay, that's really, really good too. So, but not only did he not do that, but he swapped his songs around. So we got I'll Fly Away right before the lesson. So that being said, if you've got room and you want to keep your songbook open, you can to song number 824. If you don't, that's okay. It's absolutely a song we're very familiar with. We're going to talk about this song for a few moments this evening. And then we're going to make some application with some Bible passages for ourselves. So if you're taking notes or in the bulletin, you'll want to look at those as well. That's just fine. Uh, I was telling Faith about this on Friday morning as we were here working on the bulletin, and she said, you know, I've heard lessons like that before. Bill had done them from time to time on various songs, and over the last few years at Lake Hills, I had been kind of doing the same thing. I found a book that was in the library there that kind of had the background of a lot of different songs and why they were written for some of them, and it can be a very encouraging thing. And so tonight, that's kind of what we want to talk about for a few moments Uh, This is a very familiar song, and we'll get to that in just a few moments. But if you happen to open your songbook there to 824, you see a name under the title by a name of Albert E. Brumley. Now, it's funny this morning, again, telling on Carl, as we were talking in the library for a moment this morning, he mentioned that it was by Albert Brumley. And I said, absolutely, because we were talking about another song of his that we'll get to in just a moment. If you've never heard that name before, Albert Brumley is pretty much known as one of the preeminent gospel songwriters of the 20th century. Uh, He is very well known among those who are songwriters or those who put songs together or song books together. He was kind of known among people that knew him well. One of the nicknames, I guess, if you will, that he had earned was one of God's gentle people. That was just sort of the the nickname or the type of person that he was. doesn't make him necessarily better than any of us or anyone in particular, but he appears or sounds like he was a very good person, very kind and gentle, possibly possibly very meek, and, and was very well known for the songs that he had written. He was born in October of 1905 and died in November of 1977, but during that time, he is known or credited with writing over 800 hymns. 
Over 800 hymns. I've thought before, I think I could be a songwriter. I mean, I can't be that hard, right? I can rhyme, but over 800 hymns just blows my mind to think about writing all of those different songs. So, again, back to this morning in the library. Hannah says to Carl, I really like that last song you led. I'll meet you in the morning. Carl says, it's by Albert Brumley. And I said, that's funny. We're going to talk about Albert Brumley tonight with I'll Fly Away. But he did. He wrote, I'll meet you in the morning as well. And maybe you are familiar as well with If We Never Meet Again. And we're not even going to begin to list uh, the, some of the other 800. No doubt there would be some you're familiar with. But no doubt as well there are probably some that we may have never sung before. But definitely he was a preeminent songwriter during this time. Uh, brother Brumley is what he was known as to some folks, and for us, that's exactly what he was. Uh, he was a brother in Christ. You see down there at the bottom of the screen, uh, by, all, uh, by all accounts, he, I think, was buried, maybe, and possibly attended the Fox Church of Christ in Powell, Missouri, and he married my lady by the name of Goldie Edith Shell in 1931. I believe that may have been around the part of the country that she was from and where they ended up back together, but... We take an appreciation that there was someone who would take time and effort to write this many songs or that many songs that we could learn about and be encouraged by, especially several that are very familiar to us. You know, it's funny sometimes, one of the interesting things when we think about our singing nights and we think about the songs that we sing and the lessons such as this tonight, so many times we memorize the words. If you were what we call raised in the church, not that that's good or bad in any necessary way, but if you were raised in the church, you don't even have to open a songbook sometimes. That's okay. That's fine. But then sometimes we forget about some of the words that we are singing or the words that we know so well. No doubt, I'll Fly Away is very familiar to almost anyone. You don't even have to be a member of the church because it is well known all throughout time, if you will, or history. When we think about the story behind this song, this song actually has kind of an, an interesting story or an exact story behind it. The story goes that Brother Brumley came up with the song or the idea for the song while picking cotton on his father's farm in Oklahoma. That was where his family was from and he worked as a part of that farm working for many years. And so while, again, picking cotton out in the field, things just kind of going through your mind as you might have had happen to you before when sometimes you're just kind of performing work, he came up with this idea for this song. It's said that he was humming an old tune or an old ballad that went like this. And I don't know the tune. I won't try to sing it. But if the words are, if I had the wings of an angel over these prison walls, I would fly. So he, as he would go on to recount this later, and again, it's recorded in various places and in various books, as he would go on to share that, it appears that he was referring to a song from around the 1920s that was called The Prisoner's Song, which had, again, those same lyrics. If I had the wings of an angel over the prison walls, I would fly. And it stuck in his brain, again, from what we can read and what we know, kind of just stuck with him. He began to put some of those thoughts together, and he did not finish it, to my understanding and what I read, there necessarily in the field that day, but he kind of kept mulling it over, kind of kept thinking about it, and later he would go down and put these words um, down on paper and write the song, I'll Fly Away. As we kind of begin to think about the song for just a few moments this evening, I kind of come to the idea and the conclusion, I think man has always been intrigued by flying. Sometimes it's interesting for our children to think about flying. And again, that would be physically and metaphorically. If you think about young people, they think they can fly. They go jumping off the back of the couch or they go jumping off the bed and they think they can really fly. 
If you're uh, like our little Campbell, so, I mean, even now, airplanes are just a phenomenon. You know, in the air, there's this thing above you. And he just, you know, he points out in the sky, there's a plane. And so we're kind of interested in flying. But even in the same way, the idea of metaphorically, or when you think about maybe your favorite story or a book you've read before, and you think about this idea of flying, that's kind of interesting to us. You even go back to, to the old Disney movie or Disney song, we think about Peter Pan, that someone could just you know fly through the air or, or travel through space and time like that. It's interesting to us. I don't know that that's the only reason that this song kind of sticks to us sometimes. It's very familiar. It's been sung a lot. But this idea of flying is something that is very interesting. I want to give you three points tonight. The first one, and I don't think I underlined the words. I hope that you, or if you're following along there, I apologize, but I forgot to put an underline there. But I think this song reminds us of the day of judgment. And I also forgot to capitalize those letters there, those words, as we think about the day of judgment. The day of judgment. The reason I would say that, and again, I meant to say at the beginning of the lesson, but I would, would submit to you tonight, I don't claim to, to have any grand ideas in this song. I don't, I don't claim or think that I'm going to give you anything that maybe you've not pondered before. But let's just think for a few moments about some of the words. As we sing the words, I'll fly away, I think about the day of judgment. And I think this song can remind us of that. When we sing the words, flying away, we think of the idea of rising. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Excuse me, 16 and 17. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 17. As we are talking about, and Paul is talking about, Christ coming. It says in verse 16, For the Lord himself will, notice the words, descend, and I have the new King James, but descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. And the chapter concludes, therefore comfort one another with these words. I think the song reminds us of the day of judgment because we think about the rising that will take place. We read the words of Paul here, and hopefully that is of encouragement to us to think about that, to think about being called or caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. It can be an encouraging thing. That's not the type of flying that would be, uh, or rising that would be scary, not something that we should be afraid of, but hopefully something that will be, and, and I would think would be majestic, will be wonderful to behold even as we talked about in our lesson this morning, for those who would be in the right relationship with God. When we sing these words of, I'll fly away, are we in a position that we will be called, that we will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, or are we not? When we sing, I'll fly away, when we sing it with that feeling that sometimes comes over us, over us and that encouragement, that should be what it should be for us. That should be the encouragement that we take. We should be able to sing this song with a joy thinking about the day of judgment. I'm reminded as well in the passage in Acts chapter 1 and verse 9. It doesn't necessarily have to do with the day of judgment, if you will. But we think about Acts chapter 1 and Jesus ascending to heaven. And it kind of reminded me of this, a similar idea here in verse 9. Now when he had spoken these things to, of course, those who are gathered there with him, uh, those that he had been talking with... Now, when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. 
So again, we picture in our mind this idea of the clouds, the sky being caught up in the air. And I think that's something that can be and should be of encouragement to us. We shouldn't just sing the words, I'll fly away. You know, if you're like a lot of folks, you've got a little bit of what we call musicality in you. You know, you kind of enjoy a good beat or a good song, a good tune, that kind of thing. That's fine. But we shouldn't just enjoy the song because it's upbeat, because it makes us feel good. We should be reminded of flying, if you will, of rising, of the day of judgment. And that's a good thing for those who would be found, again, in a right relationship with God. That's the question that comes to us. That's what we've got to consider. And hopefully this is a song. We wouldn't call it a song of encouragement. Uh, we probably very rarely sing it in that type of way. And that's okay too. But at the same time, it can encourage us to think about wanting to be prepared. Prepared for that day of judgment. Number two this evening. This song reminds us of the sorrow of the world, the sorrow of this world. We're reminded, of course, if you have your Bibles there, of Job chapter 14 and verse 1, that man's days are few. Man who is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. And many of, some, many of us sometimes want to amen and speak up and say, I've experienced that. Few days and full of trouble is what we feel like sometimes when the sorrow of this world hits us. You know, we have a sick list. We have a list of those that we need to pray for, and that can be encouraging, but sometimes it's a little sad. I made the joke kind of Wednesday night, you know, would anybody like to get off of it? And just to, just to kind of bring a little humor to it. But sometimes that, that can be a little harmful for us to think about because there is a lot of sorrow. There is a lot of death. There is pain and suffering sometimes. And this song kind of reminds us of that when we think about some of the words. Verse 2, when the shadows of this life have grown... We think about the idea of verse number three at the beginning, just a few more weary days and then, and then again, even in verse number two, like a bird from prison bars has flown. Shadows, being weary, being in prison, and maybe not even in prison in the literal sense of the physical bars, but just the prison that we sometimes feel like we're in on this earth as we struggle with things. This song reminds us of the sorrows of this world. It's okay as well. There's many a person who's made a lot of money off of a broken heart song in country music or, or other types of music, along with the songs, of course, that encourage us and sing about great things and having a good time and being excited. Songs remind us of a lot of things. They can encourage us, hopefully spur us on. A lot of times we sing this song with a smile on our face and joy in our heart when we think about flying away. But it talks about some of the sorrow, some of the shadows, some of the weariness. But, of course, it's the moving on from that. It's the moving on from there that can encourage us by these things. We think about the words of, of Jesus in John chapter 16 and verse 33. When he says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. John chapter 16, of course, comes after 13, 14, and 15. But if you recall, if you've got your Bible open, as you maybe flip over to 13, Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. He's nearing the end of his time here on this earth. We're going to come back to John chapter 14 in just a few moments, but he begins by giving these, those gathered with him there this encouragement. And in 15, he talks, and, and into chapter 16, you see lots of red, if you've got red writing in your Bible. He's encouraging those around him with some of these things, thinking about not being with them anymore, at least in the physical sense. 
You know, I, I can't imagine exactly. I can do my best. Maybe you can as well. I, I can't imagine exactly what it would have been like to watch or listen to Jesus deliver some of the words and statements that he did. In verse 33 there, these things I have spoken to you, again, that in me you may have peace. He could have left it there. He could have, you know, stopped and been done. But in me you may have peace. You kind of, you know, maybe you get a little excited about that. They're, they're encouraged by that. But he goes on. In the world you will have tribulation. You know, maybe that roller coaster a little bit. You get let down. You think about the sorrows of this world. They think about the things they've already been through and not even about the things that would be coming towards them in the near future. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We say it quite often, but God doesn't promise us that things will be perfect. God doesn't promise us that there will be no sorrows, that there won't be any trouble. But He does promise us that He will be with us. Jesus says, in me. And there's the key word. You know, I don't know if he emphasized things the way that we do sometimes. I don't know about, you know, the way his speech would have been. But he says, in me, in me you can have peace. And in the world you'll have tribulation, but I have overcome the world. That's the key. That's the key that the world forgets sometimes. We're going to face the sorrows. We're going to be weary. We're going to feel like sometimes this earth is a place that we just want to be done with. But in him, in Christ, we can have the peace. And we can overcome the world. It's hard to remember sometimes when we're struggling. I, again, like I said this morning, I don't, I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert in marriage, divorce, remarriage, or, or, or I'm not an expert in, in those who are dealing with different things and anxiety and lots of different issues here upon this earth. I, I, don't, I don't claim to have it all figured out. I know that God promises to be with us. Sometimes that's not always in the way that we wish it was. This morning in our Bible class here uh, over in Adult Classroom 1, he did a wonderful job. We were talking about Moses and the pillar you know, the pillar that led them as they were coming out of Egypt. And we talked about what it must have been like to have that physical reminder. I mean, something in the sky that you can see that's with you through all of that. And yet, what did they still say? They still looked at Moses and said, what did you bring us out here for? Why did we just die in Egypt? I don't claim to have it all figured out. I don't claim that I can read you a verse and it just magically all goes away. This song reminds us that there is sorrow in this world. But Jesus reminds us that he can help give us peace. He can help give us comfort. If we would be in Him. It's not perfect, but He will be with us. And as we sing this song, we think about the shadows, the weariness that sometimes overtakes us. We think as well about the day of judgment. You see, we can't always take away the pain of this world, but we can think about the great reward that is coming. And with that, we get to our third and final point this evening. This song reminds us, of course, of the joys of eternity as well. The joys of eternity. If you're still there, maybe in John 16, I told you we'd come back to John 14, verses 1 through 4. Verses 1 through 4. Let not your heart be troubled. Again, the same kind of thing. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. And we say amen and we're excited. And what happens exactly after Jesus says that? We give Thomas the name Doubting Thomas. And he says, now wait a minute. I mean, there's somebody there who has a problem with that and is doubting and questioning. And, and we understand what Thomas might have been going through and struggling with this. But we like the idea of mansions. 
We like the idea of having this place prepared for us. We like the idea of someone whose word we can count on saying, if I go, I will come again. And I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. You think about those closest to him that would be clinging to every word, clinging to being with him every moment. And they hear something like this. It had to be encouraging to think about the joys of eternity. We like the idea, of course, here upon this earth of having money, having mansions, having a beautiful house, that type of thing. And again, nothing inherently wrong with that. That's fine if you are able to obtain that. But we like the idea of having a restful place, a mansion. And when I think about this song and the joys of eternity, think about the words of, of Jesus there. You remind us well of Revelation chapter 21 and verse 4. Of course, the encouragement to think about eternity. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. You know, when we see our reward sometimes, when we see a reward for something, we're longing for it, we're reaching for it. Sometimes that reward of no more death, no more pain, no more crying, no more sorrow can get lost in all the things that happen here upon this earth. It kind of gets further away from our mind, our, our minds when we're bogged down with our jobs and our family, sickness and things that are going on. And, and it kind of gets clouded and we set it aside. But there is great joy. There is no more sorrow. There is no more crying. I mean, even as we said this morning, and many times it doesn't take long turning on the TV. And it's not even just the politics. It's those that we've mentioned here. It's all the things around us that sometimes bring us that feeling of sorrow and grief and pain. But the idea of being done with it, the idea of having no more of that is just something that I, I can't be, begin to comprehend in some ways because of all the, the things that are around us. But as we sing this song, I hope you think about the joy of eternity. We sing the words there at the end of the third verse, to a land where joy shall never end. Do, do you mean it? Do you mean that? Just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away. To a land where joys shall never end. This song can remind us of the joy of eternity. And we should sing it with that joy in our heart. And that feeling and that gusto and that smile on our face. Thinking about that eternity. That, that forever. It's a struggle for us many times to think about eternity. Our minds can't quite comprehend it. But the joys of eternity are waiting. They are there if we will be found faithful. I'll Fly Away is said to be the most recorded gospel song. Now, we know there's a, a style or a genre of, of gospel music or southern gospel music it's called sometimes. But even this, I've done this lesson before a, a year or two ago, and I was looking again this afternoon, and there's a, a website by the Brumley uh, family and all the songs that they have written over the course of the years from their family and, of course, the rights they have to all of those. But at least a year ago, uh, it was said that I'll Fly Away, they had a little uh, press release article on their website. It was said, excuse me, that I'll Fly Away had been put into a, a Hall of Fame category kind of thing in this National uh, Register of Songs, maybe is what it was, National Registry of Songs. But they called it, and again, it was their website, but they called it the most recorded song ever, is what they called it. Not even just a gospel song, but the most recorded song ever. I, you probably can't even begin to count the number of times that you have heard this song, much less the number of times 
that you have, have sung it. Some guess when I put this together the first time, over a thousand different recordings. And again, that would be by lots of different people in lots of different styles. You could kind of look up the list. But, but over a thousand recordings simply of this one simple song. But tonight I would submit to you as we conclude our thoughts that we must remember not only the joy of eternity, but also what it takes to get there. It takes a life of faithfulness. And that's sometimes hard when the weariness and the shadows and the sorrow of this world get us down. But we're thankful to God that He made a way of salvation. We're thankful to God that He had a scheme of redemption, a plan of salvation, a way by which we could be saved. Some people think that being immersed in water sounds funny. It sounds weird. They may think that confessing the name of Jesus is something strange, but God made a way of salvation. He made a way so that we can have peace, that we can have comfort. But it takes becoming gospel obedient, obedient to the things that he has told us to do in his word. As we conclude our thoughts tonight and conclude this lesson thinking about this song, we're singing the, the words of the song of encouragement here in just a moment to ask you to consider if you've really thought about the joys of eternity and what it takes to get there. Have you become a Christian? If you've not, tonight we would gladly study with you even this evening or in the coming days to help you understand that great commitment, the greatest decision that you can make, the commitment that allows you to sing songs like I'll Fly Away and others with a sense of joy. Maybe you've done that though, but the sorrow gets you down. Maybe there's sin in your life that separates you from God and you don't want to go home tonight worrying about that. Again, we're assembled here together to encourage each other and to sing this song in just a moment to encourage you that you can repent of your sin and pray for forgiveness. And God is willing to do just that. It's a wonderful blessing to be together, to worship Him, and to encourage each other in song. Not only with I'll Fly Away, but all the songs that we sing at our various services. Tonight, as we're about to sing this song, would you consider your life? Do you need to become a Christian? Do you need to come back to Him? Are you wayward? Or do you need the prayers of this congregation? It's for those reasons we'll be singing to encourage you as we stand together and as we sing. <laughs>